0: intense thrilling electrifying sport on the planet mixed martial arts you've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it the search is over this is the mma anomaly show no filter Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is
1: up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. How we doing, brother?
2: you are doing great. Very thankful this week. Happy uh, early Thanksgiving to you, my fellow co-host here, brother. Let's go! Great ready. vibes, man. Be Feeling ready, good. Ready to get after it, man. Let's go! Ready to feast. Nobody cutting weight today, baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are bulking. It's bulk season. Making room for this, uh, the this Thanksgiving holiday. You know, I'm eating clean, going into it nice and steady. But best believe, baby, saving extra room for all that extra fixings.
1: Here we go. All the fixes. So many
2: <laughs> so, Ooh, A lot of fixes. <laughs> great reference.
1: Great reference. Talking about all the <laughs> Um, So, with that being said, of course, we are going to go over a little bit of what we're thankful for and uh, especially which fights we're thankful for this year uh, and on this fight card specifically. And, of course, when I say this fight card, I'm talking about UFC fight night Allen versus Craig, AKA UFC Vegas 82. It was a banger. Of a card No, no. i mean it's so many so many great fights here um which prelim do you want to start off at i'm gonna let you take the lead here
2: i love it i love it and uh contrary to last time i did actually w- was able to watch the full card and am a little bit prepared to talk about all of them we can start at the very bottom here because i will say the the start of this Card here, UFC Fight Night in the apex, Las Vegas, starting off the card in the flyweight division. We had Charles Johnson squaring off against Rafael Estevam. And to my shock and to maybe most people's shock here, uh, Estevam came out and had a very uh, strong performance against a Charles Johnson, who I thought was going to be able to showcase a lot of his striking, thought he was going to come out and maybe be a little bit more physical. That was not the case. Rafael Estevam, very, very strong in that first round. Being able to mix up his martial arts, getting being able to chain down the wrestling, get him up against the fence, some ground and pound, really beautiful performance for those first ten minutes. And and you and then you, what you saw, and it's interesting when you look at the stats here. You would think that Charles Johnson maybe fared a little bit better, but no, you know let's don't let that one sixteen total strikes to thirty five uh, for Rafael Esteban fool you. It was all kind of a little too late. Uh, not enough too late, right? I I forget how the expression goes, but that's how I'm going to say it here today. Just not enough, right? It's a little too little too late. I think that's how it went, right? Was that the JoJo song? Too little too late. Banger. Great era. Um, But again, I mean, I'm curious to hear your breakdown of it if you um, thought anything different, but uh, yeah, just great finish. I wish Charles Johnson would have done that, you know, for the first 10 minutes of the fight, but um, Rafael Esteban, man, great performance by him.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there, buddy. Um Rafael Estevam, as you so eloquently said, he did a fantastic job. Uh especially with that finish. I mean, come on. The guy he he did take quite a beating. Like let's let's call a spade a spade here. Um, it was not a landslide victory for the young man, right? He ate 116 strikes. Um but I mean, like, come on, Rafael Estefan, uh, he, he did the thing. Um, it, it was an interesting fight, to be honest with you. I don't know. He shot 22 takedowns, and he landed three of them. Um, granted, he got some solid control there. Uh, I, just, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing how the guy that landed 35 total strikes got a win over a guy that landed 116. Um
2: There were a few questionable stoppages this card, unfortunately. And this was a tough one. Yeah, I mean, in regards to the strikes, Charles Johnson did land 54 in that last round. And to your point, I mean, 3 for 21. uh, Estevam was 1 for 7 in the second round. And then 0 for 11 going into that last round. I mean, A for effort. I mean, you want to talk about gas tank cardio. This is uh, Mirab type of uh, (laughs) a... (laughs) <laughs> Mirab type level, just not the success that he has at all. I, I gotta give him props for for trying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, A for effort, 100 for the guy. Uh, hard, hard to give him uh, more than that. You know, I mean, he got the decision. Good for him. What's next? I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's of the utmost important to me, if I'm being honest with you, Um, but great job. I mean, Charles energy Johnson is an absolute beast in my opinion. And he went out there and he got it done over him. So good, good on him. Um, Again, somewhat questionable decision in my humble opinion. But man, uh, this next fight, very, very solid decision in my opinion eileen perez got it done over lucy pudilova um man i i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one but i mean from from where i was sitting from what i saw it was pretty one-way traffic for the most part and that post-fight celebration though i mean
2: come on she made a name for herself right I, I, as soon as i saw it that's it triggered me as that's how I know her. She's the <laughs> twerk girl. I don't know her nickname, but it might as well be girl. yeah twer- twerk lady. Eileen <laughs> twerking on the cage Perez. Um, yeah. I mean, in regards to the fight, absolute landslide. I mean, there's not much to it. I mean, you could look at the tape. You could look at the numbers here. Um, still similar in regards to the takedown, right? Two out of eight, landing at a 25% clip there. But landed... Twice as many significant strikes, and even though she did get a little beat up there, she was wearing it a little bit with her eye, which I guess she came in with that. If she, I believe, I remember hearing some of the post-fight uh, scrums. She said she got clipped going into it, had a little bit of that shiner, didn't notice it. Too busy, you know, watching the twerking probably. But uh, no, great performance by her. That eye was obviously very visible. I give her props for still going in there and and fighting with that considered. Um, but maybe it's time for her to, I mean, take that next step, right? I mean, you're, you're making a name for yourself with the twerking. And I don't know if you saw, um, they, they actually clipped it to a kid right before that cute little, maybe three or four year old boy, clean cut, excited that he just saw a fight and then it cuts <laughs> cuts to the next clip and it's Eileen Perez corrupting this young child. And, um, know yeah, that's when that young boy became a man. So. I always love seeing that happen and um yeah I, I, in regards to what's next i mean hard to play uh, fight matcher at this stage but i would love to see you get in there quick i mean get healthy you know get that eye recovered but hey maybe you'll see 300 or maybe 299 i know there's some big fight cards coming up here love to see her get back in and and start to make a name for herself because some good momentum here and a good outing what are your what were your thoughts but i mean kind of already covered it but um excited to see what's next for uh, I don't know. the the twerk the twerkathon. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good name here to incorporate the twerking, but love the booty shaking Eileen Perez.
1: So Eileen Perez is an absolute beast. Uh, again, the post fight celebration is just chef's kiss, uh, cherry on top, as they say. She could be an actual absur- an actual threat for the bantamweight division, but that is something that you know is yet to be seen we have to see her against higher level opposition than lucy pudilova and the likes of who she's faced thus far uh that being said i think they should have the battle of the butts and it should be uh norma dumont versus eileen perez and also i gotta say um two things one shout out to ash at the uh, Against the Fence podcast who's in the chat right now. Thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate you. And uh, he also just let us know in the chat that was her son that the camera panned to. No, no. So, yeah. Well, a
2: little different about that now.
1: Good to to know. Uh, um, What's mom
2: doing? That was her son. Those dance
1: moves. And the coach's dance He's probably seen her. He's seen her practicing before. That's fair. Um, That's fair. So, again... It's got to be Eileen Perez versus Norma Dumont. Um, battle of the the backsides. And also, again, the second thing that I wanted to say, other than shouting out Ash here in the chat is this. OK, there is, you know, some there are some fighters that have very obvious walkout music options. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think there's ever been a more obvious song staring you right in the face than come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. like. Come on, Perez, It's
2: so a great like. anthem. That's a great anthem. Absolutely, it's so
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> <inaudible>
2: <clears> or <throat> as, as Lauren yeah, Sanko would be say, fantastic. something uh, dump truck related. I know there's some rap songs referencing referencing some dump trucks, and uh that battle, like you mentioned against Norma Dumont, would be a uh, dump truck battle. So
1: it would. That's. I mean, she used that. That adjective. Uh just quoting
2: drunk. Laura Sanko. Just quoting our UFC. About uh, commentator. about Norma Dumont. Uh, yeah. Her words, not mine. So we're just referencing so, it. Uh, that being said. <laughs> just
1: paraphrase. Um, <laughs> moving into the next one. Uh Jika Saragi Versus Lucas Alexander. I can't honestly tell you that I knew both of these guys coming into this fight. But boy, I'll be paying attention moving forward. Considering it lasted less than two whole minutes. um, It it was just a crazy knockout. On, of course, the side of Jika Saragi. My guy, Nano. What did you think of that? uh, I I believe it was a debut.
2: Is it? At 28 years old, Serengi making his UFC debut. Love to see it. And what a freaking way to uh debut i mean my goodness you want to talk about like a home run at your first that bad in the major leagues this is what it was here Sarah gee had me saying oh my omg i mean that knockout that he had on uh, our boy here it was tough you know i mean they're going back and forth had a little bit of a scrum they even kind of like stalemated each other as uh um lucas alexander was on the ground kind of got back up to his feet, chased him down, stalked him, and then Seren hit him with that one-two, sat him down, literally sat him down, up against the fence. And it was weird because his eyes... He looked like he was still there, Lucas Alexander, that is. And then once Seren hit him with a couple, one-two, go to sleep, uh, that that picture, that narrative, uh, his lights went out real quick. Let's just say that. Um, Great performance, great execution there. It was, I mean, just all violence right it was it was two men going in there after each other both 28 year olds looking to make a name for themselves and try to get on the winning track and boy that was a great stoppage i mean that dude has some hands nuclear power i mean to be that close and to put someone out like that i was i was very impressed what are your thoughts brother that hook huh it'll get you
1: I mean, let's be honest, as they say, it's a tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, beauty and the beast. Uh, they also say the same thing about left hook Larry making an appearance at the UFC event. But something you, you haven't heard super often is left hook Larry's got a cousin, folks, right hook Ricky. And uh, it was right hook Ricky who started that one off. Um, it was nasty started it off and uh I mean that's all she wrote folks it was a beautiful beautiful wasn't a debut I I don't know if you saw I did type a correction into the chat here he has actually fought once before this in the UFC it was against Anshul Jubilee and he actually lost that fight against him uh via ground and pound in round two but my goodness, he put it on Lucas Alexander. Um, not going to play matchmaker for him because I think we'd be getting way into the weeds here. We need to to slow roll this guy. He's not a top 15. He's not even really a top 25 guy yet. Um, or again, this is yet to be seen, right? So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and move into the next fight. Um, but something I am going to shout out a couple of times in, the, in this episode here, guys, is we do have a giveaway going on and all we want you to do is in the uh in the comment section after the video is done leave a comment telling us either your favorite moment of this episode or your favorite ufc fight of the year we will be picking a winner at random that winner will receive a meat and potatoes striker shirt which of course Has the meat and potato striker himself on the back.
2: Look at that thing.
1: Perfect for the holidays. Perfect for the holidays. We have it in both tank top and t-shirt variations. So again, all you have to do is be subscribed to the channel. Leave a comment in the comment section after this episode is done. Um, If you want extra entries, go to backlogged episodes and... Comment on those episodes. Uh, let us know what your favorite fighter or favorite fight of the year is thus far. So, again, moving into the next fight, we had uh, Mick Parkin going against Cal Machado. I think we can probably skip this one. It was a, a pretty, you know, low-paced, uh, drag-out kind of decision. What were your thoughts here, Nano?
2: Yeah, agreed. Bit of a lackluster heavyweight ba- uh, matchup here, which, you know, when you get into the unranked, Categories at this division, it's 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 a toss up, right? It, it's guys that y- y- anyone has a puncher's chance, and frankly was a little sloppy at times, but yeah, I think we can uh, keep it moving. I mean, Mick, Mick Parkin came out with the victory there, edged it out over Cal Machado, but um, yeah, I mean, some other good uh, fights here we can break down because there's some exciting finishes to discuss. <laughs>
1: So, moving into the next fight, um, we will definitely talk about this one. We had Dennis Tayulian. Tayululu. Tayu I'm just kidding. Ty, uh, Dennis Um Coming in against Christian Leroy Duncan. Leroy Duncan, not to be confused with Leroy Jenkins. However, how he went out there and got that finish, kind of Leroy Jenkins. My guy, what were your thoughts on that fight? Exactly that,
2: man. I mean, our boy uh, Lee Duncan here was definitely <clears throat> Leroy Duncan, I should say, excuse me. Um, only needed two rounds to take care of business here. Uh, Denise, I'll just stick with the first name because that last one is a bit troublesome. Uh, <clears throat> my goodness, my th- uh, voice going away. But yeah, Christian Leroy Duncan throwing spinning back fists. I mean, it looked strong in the clinch all around. I mean, great performance for as long as it lasted and then was able to put him away with that left hook, man, Mr. Larry. I think comes a knocking. Only only one thing's left, and that's you hitting the canvas. So, um, yeah, great performance, great outing by him. I think he was the favorite here as well going into it. So Vegas knew what they were doing. Beat a tough Russian guy. That's a great uh, feather in the cap. Anything stood out to you though, brother, in his performance here?
1: Uh, biggest thing that stood out to me was probably, I mean, like you said, the spinning attacks were on full display. Let's let's just call a spade a spade here. The elbows, the elbows looked absolutely surgical in that match from him. Um, I mean, w- w- what else is there to say? Left hook, Larry, elbows, follow-ups when there needed to be follow-ups, showing patience when there needed to be patience, not rushing in uh, like an animal smelling blood in the water. I, I thought the young man looked very poised, and um, I- I'm excited to see what's next for him. Christian Leroy Duncan. Again, he he damn near outlanded his opponent three to one. Uh, when it comes to significant strikes, he landed him a little over outlanded him a little over two to one went over two on takedowns. But if I'm being honest, I don't really feel like he was hundred percent committed to those takedowns. They were more just to keep his opponent on his toes and make him, uh, not pay as much attention as he should to those strikes. Um, again, man, what a fight. And, uh, also another thing i gotta mention is folks shout out to nano with that light in the background so sick dude i'd love to see it
2: let's go thank you brother i'm gonna have to dish out that shout out we're both gonna combine our shout outs and throw it out to amy the fiance the hostess with the mostest <laughs> spoil me on my birthday A little jive turkey can't really see it there it is lit up but it does say jive turkey over there in case i ever forget my name and i need to turn around jive turkey's in town baby and I will admit it Let's took go. a while to find that light setting, but I think that's the one that'll stay for now. There's like probably a hundred different settings. I like this one. Switching it up. Don't stay too long, ladies gentlemen. You'll get mesmerized.
1: <laughs> I really, really, really dig that. Really
2: Thank, dig you, that. Um, Thank you,
1: brother. Thank you, brother. Shout out to you. Shout out to the fiance. And uh, man, love to see it. Moving into the next one. I don't think we're going to pay matchmaker for this guy. The middleweight division is st- Act, with a capital S. Um, we got Miss Mary in the chat saying that's awesome. Um, definitely gonna have to get a link from you on that, Amy. Wink wink. We'll be talking. We'll be um, talking. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in touch. I'll have, I'll have my people contact your people. Um, so again, moving into the next fight, we had Chad Anhaliger coming in against Jose Johnson. Um man this one was a very interesting fight in my opinion um again like it was pretty one-way traffic for the most part like let's again call a spade a spade here 141 strikes compared to 47 uh but 63 to to 26 i mean again like yeah like it, it, it was bad right but somehow chad was able to land four of eight takedowns um and He kept himself in this fight throughout the entirety of the the duration of the bout, which is crazy to me, because the man was just eating big shots. Um, I personally was impressed with his resilience. More so, I was impressed with uh, uh, Jose Johnson's ability to constantly move forward and also stay out of the way of his opponent. Um, I mean, he he made his opponent miss over half of his strikes while also landing over 70% of his own strikes. Um, that's not an easy feat for those, for those of you that have not trained, like that's incredibly impressive, incredibly hard to do. So, um, again, I I was very, very impressed with Chad's resilience. I was more so impressed with, uh, Jose Johnson's accuracy and, um, finesse, I think would probably be the best adjective I can use for it. What were your thoughts on that one, man? I love
2: that. Yeah, definitely a lot of tenacity, definitely a lot of f- ferocity, I felt like, too. It, right from the jump, it just felt like Jose Johnson was uh, a madman out there. He, he he demanded the center of the octagon. He was the stronger guy. He was, like, threatening in every position he was in, whether it was in the clinch, trying to get the neck if he kept it exposed. Just really felt like he kept Chad on his back feet. And like you mentioned, I mean, Chad, Alan he- Heiger, um, I mean, what a dog. I mean, someone that can dig deep like that. You got someone that's walking in front of you, that's trying to walk you down, that's throwing up these submissions. You know, you're trying to take him down. You're four for eight. But this guy's landing 70% of his punches on it. it. Ends up 141 in 15 minutes. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? And, and um, you know, Chad had his chance in that first round. There were some uh, scrambling on the ground. Can't talk too much at a high level. Or I, I guess I can talk at a more high level what it was. Can't break it down for you too much more. Then just Jose Johnson looking slick, like you said, very agile, very smooth, and was just one step ahead, able to get out of some reversals and and was able to just, again, continue uh, making Chad miss and and kind of landslide him there uh, to a victory and and almost needed the full 15 minutes. Um, but, again, in that third round, able to find that submission, which very impressive. Again, he, the whole time it felt like it was just a matter of time before he found it. Uh, So really impressed by the way he was able to put it together in there. It was a fun fight.
1: Incredibly fun fight. Again, to echo exactly. what You said very impressed with the way that he was able to put it together in there. Right. Um, And, and Speaking of being incredibly impressed by somebody being able to put some things together. um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Joe Anderson Brito with one of the comebacks of the century here, folks. My goodness. He was going in there against, uh, was it JSP is what they call this guy? Jonathan Pierce. My goodness. Come on. This young man was putting the heat on Joe Anderson Brito, but Joe Anderson Brito, man. He does not know the the definition of the word "quit," and the the submission that he put on this guy. Uh, you know, some people may have watched that and be like, "Oh, a guillotine or a guillotine," however you pronounce it. Um, don't care. It wasn't either of those. It was a fucking ninja choke, and it was incredible. Um, it was a variation of that. So come up, slice around the top, push down on the back. Um, it, it was beautiful. It was brilliantly done. Stunningly executed. The timing on it was. I, I mean, I don't think it could have been better. Uh, he made his opponent go one for four on takedowns, and I mean he, he made him pay, right? Um, he only attempted one submission that entire fight, and boy, did he make it count. no be honest with the viewers. Did you think it was a guillotine?
2: I couldn't tell, brother. I, I guess I, I did in a way, right? Based on maybe the initial angle, but and and again, I'm I'm not a, a specialist on the ground. So, guillotine, submarine, uh, quarantine, Constantine. I, I could have been any teen. I, I could have been like, all right, cool. It, yeah, that, that looks right to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm probably more of a noob when it comes to that realm, but impressive nonetheless, brother. And and like you said, I mean, the way he was able to slip it in, and and I guess let's just even back back up here like a couple steps. To even throw that in a fight, right? I mean, to have that in the arsenal, maybe just step one, knowing that's in my chamber. Two, even throw that up in a fight on a whim like that. I mean, during a scramble, you know, and, and in a way you can argue, I mean, you're losing the fight in terms of significant strikes, in terms of accuracy, in terms of just even looking at, he's in the eyeball, the litness test. He, he, he was down going into that second round. Maybe he felt that a little bit. Maybe he just felt like he was, in, you know, hey, an opportunistic guy. Maybe he found that flow state where, again, everything slowed down and, and he just was able to sleep right in there. And like I said, textbook, hand on the shoulder, tapping him like, hey, go ahead and good night. Uh, you know, you, you did the best you could, brother, but I got gotcha. you. The, the Anaconda has sunken in. And yeah, well, what a stud, near Anderson Brito. These Brazilians, man, I guess we, we shouldn't doubt uh, their, their ability to come and continue to impress us or add new ways to to get victories man but yeah that was over my boy jsp jonathan pierce the guy i led off with last week talking about i did pour up my shot uh because i'm a man of my word and uh well i was wrong about it so you anyway, know anderson Brito, you're in my respect brother and hey hell of a performance he did earn performance of the night much deserved man salute i don't know if you have yours hold ready to too, but i'll wait i was yep. gonna
1: say hold on to that shot we don't do him alone here
2: absolutely brother absolutely and yeah, hard to play matchmaker again when you know these guys are unranked. When you know sky's the limit, and there's a lot of studs, especially in a featherweight division. But hey, great statement for him, and uh, certainly sky's the limit for him. So I'm excited to see what's next.
1: I know you're right about it. I know. Cheers, brother. Frutality. That's me. Oh, man, that was honestly a really great fight, though. Um, and before we move on again, we're not going to play matchmaker for this one. But uh, I think, again, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Even though Jonathan Pierce didn't win this fight, fucking 84.4% accuracy clip. Talk man about sniper. Man threw less than 100 sniper. strikes and landed 81. What? What? Sniper. Like Chris Kyle. The, the definition. Hands. The definition of a sniper 81 out of 96 14 out of 16 significant strikes when the man wanted to throw hard he landed when the man wanted to throw he pretty much fucking landed yeah. um it
2: was a good first round
1: it's fantastic it was, it was, it was great until it fight. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it was going well it was the best of times it was the worst of times that's why you love the sport um, baby that is why we love the sport um can, can we talk i mean we'll, I feel like we have to talk about it, but you know, we um we don't need there's to an talk a ton about room. it, but we'll talk about it. There's an elephant in the room here. Uh Eurosh, the Doctor Medic against uh Miktebek Orubai. Um my goodness, this this was a fun fight. This was a fun fight for uh, for all it was. But I mean, again, there's an elephant in the room here, nine minutes and twelve seconds of fighting, and there was only sixty-three strikes total thrown. These men were playing very, very hesitant games, in my (laughs) humble opinion. What were your thoughts on the fight? And I'll let you take the lead here.
2: Appreciate it, brother. This was a fun fight to uh, kickstart the main event, the main card here for the fight night at welterweight division. Meek Tebek was making his UFC debut. He actually had a a very uh, strong, a very impressive performance, a knockout in a previous league that he was in. There's exchanging... Freaking left-hand uppercut from behind. Oh, dude, from the backhand. Oh, yeah. And put the dude to sleep. I mean, unconscious. It was phenomenal. So, dude came in with a lot of hype. And Euros the medic, came out and was surgical in that first round. Hit him hard with some heavy shots. I, I mean, had him up against the fence. That's how Amik uh, Tebek was looking out there, man. I mean, the medic was putting it on him. I thought he was going to be out there at one point oral i mean this guy is built different man uh find out uh kyrgyzstan this guy man i mean out of nowhere next thing you know he channeled some sort of a khabib this guy went into khabib mode not in the sense of the dominance but in terms of the style when it came to the wrestling when it came to just that kind of light on your foot almost muay thai but it's uh, like a jerky kind of style he's walking forward he's jerky I'm, I'm changing levels. Am I going to shoot? Am I going to shoot? No, I'm going to jab you. Okay, I'm going to go down. Shoot, jab. I call those herky-jerk fighters. Herky-jerky, bro. <laughs> and it reminded me of Khabib because the next thing you know, he's 7 for 10 for takedowns. And again, this fight only lasted five minutes. Uh, or no, six minutes total, excuse me, before he was able to get uh, him uh, the medic out of there in the second round. But that first round, he went 5 for 8 on his takedowns. Only needed to throw six strikes. But that was all it requires because, again... When you're just able to apply that kind of pressure, that to me was the Dagestani way. Not as dominant as a Khabib or an Islam, but it's this this pressure, this this way that makes the fighter look like they're in quicksand. I mean, taking away your limbs, like just corning you up against the fence, and it's relentless pressure. No matter what you do, you get halfway up, you get a knee up, he's on you. You get all the way back up on the fence, he's going to trip you and, and take you right back down. It was... I mean, just purely relentless. So, uh, very impressive performance. We didn't talk about him too much going into this fight. Frankly, we didn't know about him. But although his name is hard to say, we're going to have to be, going to get used to it because we might be hearing a lot about him here in this welterweight division. Anything else that stood out to you, though, brother? Uh-oh, you muted? I don't know if I can hear you. oh Uh-oh
1: there we go uh there, sorry about there. that fucking amateur hour folks my god <laughs> yeah yeah getting getting rocked over here about my own technology uh so we are back sorry about that as i was saying or as i was trying to say when i was effing muted um euros the doctor medic folks the guy looked absolutely surgical out there when he wanted to land he was landing or so it seemed in that first round and my god there were so many times i i I stood up and i looked at the tv and i yelled holy i thought it was gonna end i thought it was over um but mirth uh or miktebek he's an absolute beast the man withstood those shots that he did get dealt and uh he came away with the submission i mean the guy is um incredibly strong let's again call a spade a spade here folks um what else is there to say the guy's an absolute beast he's fighting out of kyrgyzstan um and i mean he's got six tko wins he's got five submission wins um and he's on quite a run right now, to be completely honest. He hasn't lost in quite some time. Um, I think it might be time for the top 15 for this kid. Uh, Euro's medic is no pushover. And he didn't even get him with a, a traditional submission, folks. Like, I called this out whenever, whenever me and Mer were watching this. It, it wasn't even a guillotine. It wasn't even a, 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 like a, an, an actual bulldog choke, in my opinion, or anything like that. It was a neck crank. Like, he just big brothered him. It wasn't under the chin he just basically threatened to break this man's neck um and you know the other guy's nickname is the doctor so he's a doctor okay he knows what's going to happen if he doesn't tap he's going to die or be paralyzed so yeah he tapped out um again what's next for make Back? i think Either the top 15 or right outside of the top 15 has got to be next for this guy. I don't necessarily have the, a name on the tip of my tongue here. Do you have a name on the tip of yours there, Nano?
2: No, not necessarily. I mean, I like how you call out that top 15. I think that's, that's a great place. At least top 20. I mean, top 25 for sure. I know this was his first fight in the UFC, but the man looked absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and it's there at 15. Just recently added Renat Fakretinov. That would be a fun matchup, you know, if we're going to do a, a card somewhere outside of the U S put those two studs on there. Um, or Michael kids. I mean, someone else, I mean, stylistically that's not good for Michael, but this guy's a problem. I don't know who's going to want to sign up for, uh, this fight after that performance, but I do like that. Maybe Renat. He just got in there. Just got that 15 on his, on his Ooh, name.
1: Fuck. Enough? That's a, that's a fun fight, man. How do you think that one would go?
2: Man, I mean, the wrestling game's different, man. And this guy, Oral Bai looks very strong. Although, Renat has some heavy hands. I mean, if, he, if you're going to let anybody string together a combination on you, I mean, Renat's going to find a way to put your lights out. So, I'm hoping to see some improvements from uh, or- uh, Oral Bai and his uh, striking defense. But for now, man, I mean, the wrestling game is, is next level. I always got to lean the wrestler in that in that sense. So, I expected it to be a tough puzzle uh, puzzle match. Maybe similar to Renat's last fight where it was basically almost a draw. Or I guess it was. Um, but competitive, man. It'll, it'll be a banger.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that one would definitely be a banger. And uh, I, I think that that's a pretty solid matchup. I feel like those two guys actually match up really, really well against one another. Uh, speaking of people who match up really well against each other. My God. My goodness, good gracious! Luana Pinero versus Amanda Hibas was a fight for the ages. Holy smokes. Whoa.
2: Yeah, those women were throwing leather. And I love the commentator group. Shout out uh, Dominic Cruz, Felder. Um, I forget the main guy. I'm blanking now. I, I hate to do it. But what a crew and they mentioned that they used to be training partners before this and no no glove touch before the fight so there was some animosity man what a fun one what were your thoughts on it brother what was what were your feelings I mean what were you thinking I mean what a fun one huh
1: I gotta tell you man this uh, this upcoming like what was it like a, a week just a week before Thanksgiving boy we were eating good <laughs> <laughs> we were eating real freaking good folks hell yeah we were um, feasting <laughs> as fight fans we were eating it up so i i personally thought that that was a fantastic showing for for both women right like luana pinero was a freaking beast out there okay she threw 120 strikes she landed 56 okay but amanda Hebus is basically a fucking terminator she's like a t9000 in there folks she's a
2: definition of a dog she's a definition of a doll
1: she was built by skynet son like she's literally a machine and the reason i say that is the woman threw 234 strikes 234 strikes that is insane bro like just an absolute beast right and by the way 224 of them were significant strikes so, 224 hard strikes. I want I advise every single person listening to this to go outside tomorrow um, when there's daylight out because right now it's dark out. And when it's dark out, it's dangerous. I don't want to put you guys in danger. Um, when it's daylight out, though, you know, go outside and just throw 224 freaking hard strikes. Okay? Doubt it. It's just not going to happen. And try and do that in less than 14 minutes. Ridiculous. Um, and, and also... Then imagine being punched 55 times very, very hard um, and kicked and kneed in the face. Um, In the face. Dude, she was getting lit up on the feet in the first round. And I think the thing that really shocked me and impressed me the most, both at the same time, was, uh, man, the fact that Amanda Hibas just continued to march forward through the strikes. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't understand, man. I mean, it was just absolutely beast mode. Love to see it. Uh, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than the fact that it was absolutely incredible to witness.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more with you, brother. Uh, Luana <laughs> was throwing everything she possibly had in those punches. I mean, throwing fundamentals out the window. I mean, that was that was out the door. She said, I just want to hurt this girl. She stole my lunch money. She was sleeping with my man. I want to go on World Star. This was like a Bar Street brawl, it felt like, man. Um, and I do got to say, if, if anybody is ever questioning or wants a definition of what a significant strike is, it was what Luana was throwing in this entire first round because she was 25 for 25 strike, all significant. And if you watch every single punch thrown, they looked exactly like that. Those were significant punches. And Amanda Heboss to be able to take those. I mean, her eye was swollen from the jump. Her her eye was leaking blood by maybe the by the second minute of that first round. And just continuing to take it, take it. Step back right back in the pocket. She still landed 19 punches of her own on, on that first round. And then she came back, double down on that 40 in the second. And then another 37 to finally put her away in that last round, which by then you can tell Luana, unfortunately, um, I was going to try to reference a machine that was built out of gas and she ran out of the gas, man. She, she, her electrical unit was not built to last there. She doesn't have that energizer bunny. (laughs) Tough crowd, tough crowd. It's a live show. All right. You you can't win them all. Okay. I don't have time to prepare my jokes. So give me me some slack (laughs) y'all or roast me in the comments, whatever works um thank you thank you yeah, that's more like it uh, but again luana i mean you can tell she's doing everything in that first round and i think she realized after that okay amanda's not going anywhere and uh-oh i don't have any cardio anymore <laughs> so that second round i mean death by a thousand cuts Amanda's I just pepping her pepping her pepping her and then that last round she finally realized okay i can smell the blood here i think she hit her with like a, a, a high leg kick to the face or to the to the head and that's what got Luana Wobbly and basically down and out. And that was the beginning to the end. So absolutely marvelous performance by Amanda Hebos. This is the type of girl we were hoping to see. Again, my only concern was that can we see this consistently? Right. We know she could take a punch. We know she's an absolute dog. And we know she could dig, deep, dig freaking deep. That's exactly what she did this past Saturday. If anybody needs like this is like her. This was a career fight, in my opinion. Like this was. Perfectly summarizes her her career. Hey, weather that early storm, find a way to freaking bounce back and, and dig deep and get that freaking victory. And put her out and do it in an exciting fashion and earn yourself 50k. I mean, this is this is why she's still here. This is why I'm excited to do this shot. Even though I did think Luana, like most people, when you when you hit someone with that much force and that big of a punch, usually they don't stick around. But not anyone's Amanda Heboss. So I got my shot ready here. I don't know if you want to partake as well i mean this was my bad you did have a you were right about it um man hey man you you know a dog when you see one i mean that t9000 man they don't mess around brother so sky's the limit for um she is ranked i mean maybe we could kind of look at a little bit of matchmaker here and um while you're pouring up the shot let me look at the rankings and see if she's got updated she do she
0: did the shots
1: shot's already poured the shot is already poured uh folks i just want everybody to remember okay i want everybody to remember this when i get a few wrong and i'm stuck doing shots okay Nano, you better you better be here with me
2: hey man i got you brother that's what we do we're in this together cheers
1: brother another one cheers I got a fun name, though.
2: Amanda Let's Hebos versus Marina
1: Rodriguez. Dude, I thought the you killer. were seriously saying Amanda Hebos versus Amanda Hebos. I was like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is a grudge match. Um, it is a grudge match. They <laughs> did fight back in 2021, but... Man, rubber match. That's a fun one. Why not? Amanda wants that back. She she earned that, right? Is this
1: a is so this, this something that you see? It was Amanda Hebos versus
2: Marina Rodriguez <clears throat> rematch two. It would be number two seven verse nine.
1: I'm pretty sure it's Marina Rodriguez you know I gotta call you oh. out on that oh no oh no oh no What a guy! so Marina Rodriguez uh that was a great fight the first time around I'm I'm here to see it a second time around I'm not mad about it um now here's here's the thing uh I do think that that fight would possibly play out differently the second time around. The question is, do we need to see it a second time around? Um, and also, the big question is, is Marina Rodriguez willing to take it right now? Um,
2: it feels like her trajectory is going re- up a little bit more, huh?
1: It does, yeah. and I feel like she's not going to be willing to fight down. Uh, there, There is another name that I'm not really mad about, uh, and... Oh, man, it's somebody that's never not willing to take a fight downward. You know who I'm going to say here. Talk to Jessica Andrade. Um, I think that'd be a really, really fun fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Ivas A wow. uh, little Brazil on Brazil. Violence. You know what I'm talking about, folks. Come on. No, but seriously, I actually really like yours. I think Marina Rodriguez um, is a really, really fun matchup. It is one that we've already seen, but I'm here to see it again. Uh, <sighs> and to your point, that to is
0: tough.
2: <laughs> huh. I like it. I mean, it's different. I will say, though, like to your point, and, and, and me and just Gondra, I was like, I don't know. She'll go down that far as well. She did just beat Mackenzie Derns in there at eight. But you know someone that, and you were saying it, always saying yes to a fight. This girl I'm about to say just fought four times in the last seven months. We've been talking about her recently. Maybe you give them both a little break, but maybe you square them off. What about a loopy Godinez? Little Lupita. I don't know if I'm feeling loopy here. Maybe all these shots are getting to me now. I am a little hot and flustered, but that feels like a good one as well. That could be a main event.
1: Because
2: we are a, all a, about
1: to win as fight fans. Main
2: card. Hell yeah. That is oh, strikers galore.
1: That's a fun Two, fight. That's a oh, fun yeah. fight.
2: That might be the one.
1: That's a fun fight, folks. Let us know in the chat. Who you think would win that fight? And, and I mean, if you think that that's a fight that would make a lot of sense. Speaking of fights that make a lot of sense and fights that you know don't really make a lot of sense, um, we had your cousin here, Nick Aguirre, um, coming in against Peyton Talbot. And man, uh, I, I I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if the kid was worth believing in. And I'm talking about Peyton Talbot, obviously. He's a young one. He's a very, very young one, folks. He's 25 years of age. Uh born in 1998 God darn, that makes me feel extremely old. Um, I didn't know if he was ready for the big show. I mean, granted, I know he's he's been on the contender series. He got that decision win, unanimous decision win over um Reyes, Cortez. And, and before then, let's I mean, again, let's call a spade a spade here, folks. That's what we do on the show. It's no filter. Uh he was a three-time winner on your riot Faber's a one combat shout out to ben the bane davis on the microphone on that show live um come on folks i i just i thought the kid was young i didn't know if it was worth believing in him but man again i'll admit when i was wrong okay and i was wrong the man is is he's a stud he went out there and he got it done he got the the rnc classic choke classic rear naked choke there um made it look absolutely brilliant um i don't think we should give him anybody ranked quite yet maybe somebody right outside of the top 25 uh because bantamweight's a pretty stacked division and uh this kid's pretty pretty big for bantamweight from what it seemed in that fight anyways unless maybe they had him fighting a midget in comparison like he looked pretty long in that fight nano what were your thoughts man tagging you in
2: Appreciate it, brother. But uh don't appreciate you calling my cousin a midget. Let's uh, put some respect on, on on his name there. Thank you very much. No, uh, he's not my cousin, y'all. He's not my cousin. I, I shouldn't put out that uh, that narrative. But we do have the same last name. He could be a fellow draft turkey as well. Who knows? Um, but yeah, man. I mean, all things considered, Nick Aguirre did shock shock me, to be honest. I mean, I think most people thought uh, Talbot was just going to go in there and, and dog walk him. But let's say Gary's, Come on. You got it. We go down swinging, right? We ain't we ain't chop liver, okay? We're gonna we're gonna make it earn it. And he really did make Peyton Talbot earn every bit of that. This was a great welcoming party for Peyton. He had a fight of adversity. I mean, my my cousin Nick Aguirre here, my adopted cousin, I should say, um, two for ten for takedowns, and that was really the narrative early on. Didn't want to stand too long with someone like Peyton Talbot out there. With that, as young as he is, still has very good power, very athletic, very skilled. So not somebody you want to just sit there and be a, a sin target for. So what do you do with someone like that? You mix them up. You frustrate them. You throw some leg kicks. You, you, you rip the body. You shoot. You muddy it up. You, you make him fight an uncomfortable fight, something that he's not used to doing. And, and, again, Mr. Aguirre did a great job of doing that for the most part as long as he could. But when you're that talented, when you're that strong, when you can land with power and purpose at any given time... Someone like Payne Talbot, again, showed a lot of great tools in this fight, and sky's the limit for this kid, man. Um, again, he was able to weather the storm. And and what I mean by that is even though he was getting taken down, even though he had to be a little frustrated and, and kind of settle in some of those controlled positions, he did not make mistakes, he did not overexert himself, and he still found a way to stay focused and to get to a submission finish here, which maybe most people thought he was probably going to knock him out, but hey. He let us know. I could submit people as well. I still have that uh, in the toolbox as well. A little bit deeper in the box, but it's there. Um, so exciting win for him. And yeah, man, sky's the limit for the kid. Hard to say what's next for him. I mean, again, yeah, when you look at that top 15 for the bantamweight division, where my boy Sugar, we are in the Sugar era. Um, but yeah, I mean, 15 is Saïd Nurmagomedov. 14 is Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. I mean, these are murderers. I don't think you throw them into the lion's den just yet. Uh, but anybody in the top 25, I think, can get it. Absolutely excited for the kid, though.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for the kid, man. He's he's super young, super up and coming. Speaking of super young and super up and coming, this next fight was one that I called to be one of the fights of the night here. And man, I don't even I don't even remember who our shots were on.
2: I I think if we're talking about uh, the dreamer Chase here, Chase Hooper
1: versus Jordan Levitt mm-hmm.
2: here. Yep, yep. We're talking about the dreamer, Chase Hooper, and uh, Jordan Levitt. I think I actually had it on Levitt because I just I was I was doubtful. I think you did. I'll be honest. I, I was doubtful. I know so. I'm being modest. I know so. <laughs> I know for a fact that's what happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we had I think, the receipts. I think you
1: did. I think you did. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you actually take the lead. I, I want to hear your thoughts on kind of. I thought this was possibly one of the funner grappling fights I've seen in a very, very long time. Curious to hear your thoughts on this in general, though.
2: It really was. It really was. It was a fun grappling match. And obviously, every fight starts on your feet. And for the initial exchange, I mean, Jordan looked good. Yeah, he was able to hit Chase with some power. Uh, And Chase, you know, didn't like that. So he figured, okay, let me go ahead and get him to the ground and muddy it up. Actually, I think what ended up happening was Jordan was the one that initiated things to go to the ground. And that's where Trey said, okay, well let's dance then. And, and then once it was there, I mean, it, it was like trying to read a second language. I wish we had, um, Mad Max Meridian here to break it down a little bit further for us. Cause he is more of the ground expert here in our community. But yeah, it, it, I mean, the fun, fun fight, uh, both guys, I mean, scrambling, reversing, getting into unique positions, heel hooks, arm bars. I mean, anything that, that you could think of was basically thrown or they were in a position to reference that um but chase superman was able to find a way wiggle his way i would like to say there um to a submission and was able to lock it up ultimately it just felt like he was able to use that length that he has he has been grown into his frame he is now a lightweight and he looked good i mean i think he's he's because he's you know been fighting in the UFC for so long. And I mean, as you get older you, and you get that, you know, maturation, um, you, you get, you, you get comfortable with your body. And I think he's starting to get comfortable at this new frame, carrying this weight, going in there against bigger guys. And, you know, obviously the, the striking needs to develop, but I do feel that, Hey, if you're that good on the ground, I mean, that's a problem. No one's going to want to get you there. Uh, and the rest will come. That's, you know, um, i guess the way i would look at it and if i were him and again he's what 23 24 i heard him say he's a dad which is crazy i mean still looks like a baby to me uh but congratulations to him and his his uh, significant other and yeah it was able to south jordan Levitt. i mean it was it was a fun uh ground performance there I'm curious to hear your breakdown or what if you have any future plans for our boy chase hooper here um but what do you think man as i pour my shot
1: as you pour your shot um I, I gotta say i uh in the words of our guy fucking, was it i believe the 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 great nate diaz who once said i'm not surprised motherfucker um and i'm not i really am not surprised motherfucker i uh i feel like this was a pretty pretty solid win here um for chase hooper i feel like it was a huge huge win if i'm being completely honest for um the the askrin family um and, and you know what i'm saying here like we're talking about the askrin family because we got ben Askren, we got sean o'malley we got chase hooper um It's a bad joke, but it's also a good joke. You know what I'm talking about. Let's Um, go.
2: (laughs) Right on, (laughs) Gil. I love it.
1: We got the Askren family uh, photo here. You can send that one for Christmas. Again, you got to think Ben Askren's very, very proud at home. All jokes aside here, Chase Hooper versus Jordan Levitt will go down in the history books as arguably one of my favorite grappling fights in the UFC and in, in the last couple of years. And um, since we, we literally said that we're we're going to talk about um, the fights that we're thankful for in 2023, I'm going to say this is probably one of the fights that I'm weirdly enough thankful for. Um, give it up for Chase Hooper and, and Jordan Levitt, folks. I feel like a good shot for it.
2: Well, let's go. <laughs> this is the so, season dude,
1: okay i'm being honest i'm being honest with you like these these grappling exchanges were just absolutely impressive to me and and maybe it's because i'm no fucking max meridian here all right shout out to the guy but as as a, a striking more more striking proficient guy myself um that is simply a fan of the grappling I got to be honest with you when I tell you I was dancing around like Brandon Moreno when I was watching that fight. Them grappling exchanges were nasty, bro. And there were times where like they were getting out of things and I was just like, what the fuck? How the the hell? Um, Seriously though, like it, it was absolutely incredible. Chase Hooper got himself out of some nasty situations. Like there was one moment where I think there were probably like three different submission threats in a matter of like 30 seconds um it was wild it was wild man um i had a lot of fun watching that matchup and then somehow there was an even better grappling matchup in the very same fight card we'll go over that in just a couple fights here though um that being said chase super at lightweight he's uh he's a beast He's uh he's a fun fighter to watch. I don't know if he's if he's uh a, a champion material right now, but I do think that he can be in the future, right? Um I'm glad that he changed his nickname from The Teenage Dream to The Dream. At 24 years of age, he's not a teenager anymore. Um you want to feel even older. This kid was born in 1999. Uh so there we go. Uh whew, Sheesh. And uh not only was he born in 1999 but he's uh he's had 17 fights professionally so what the fuck are you doing with your life right um he's on a three fight win streak here guys he got a win over clay guida in a uh, in a grappling match at fury pro grappling i count it it counts okay um and then after that he got a win over nick fiore ufc fight night he got that unanimous decision got the unan. And then of course the the rnc just chef's kiss brilliant work surgical on the mat with jordan levitt um he made jordan make mistakes and it it was very nice to see uh he utilized the ground pound when he needed to he threw strikes when he needed to to open the guard everything he did was with purpose um you love to see that what do i want to see next for the young man um Lightweight is arguably, and maybe this is just me being biased here because I I have a lot of favorites in this division, but lightweight is probably the most stacked division in the entirety of the UFC. But, um, you know, it's just super stacked. I don't want to see him fight a top 15 fighter. No. Like the only top 15 fighter I could even plausibly see him fight is a Hinato Moicano, and I don't think that's a good matchup for him at all.
2: No. When you look at Chase, you just, I hate to say it, man. He just looks like a little boy against a lot of those guys. I mean, those are grown men. I mean, we're talking about like a child. I mean, he does, bro. And like, I mean, just, I mean, strength wise. I mean, we're talking about Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Islam, Jalen Turner. I mean, (laughs) Benoit Saint Denis. Like these guys are like literal killers. These are grown men. He's like daddy strength or something. I look at Chase Hooper. I'm like, there's no way. And and, and at the end of the day, I mean, you can be great on the ground. There's other tacticians on the ground, though. I mean, he's not like world. He's not some world beater. He's not next level. I mean, again, Charles Oliveira, Dubronx. I mean, there's Benio Darius. There's a lot of dudes that just can are nasty on the ground. And then they could beat your ass with their hands too. I mean, the thing is, or their feet, heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. I mean, they got a mad arsenal. Rafael Fiziev. I mean, come on, <laughs> what is what is what does is, uh, Chase have for that? I mean, we got to keep dreaming here, brother. I, I I need to see more. No answer. That's what is
1: Cam's thinking when they're like, "All right, well,
2: top fifteen. What do we do here? Okay, yeah." <laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm going to make the worst possible joke in MMA history here and say that, I mean, you, you just said the name Benoit St. Denise, St. Denis, and, uh, in the same sentence as chase Hooper. And all I could think is instantaneously here. If Benoit St. Denise fought chase Hooper, he'd probably have to change his name to Benoit CTE because of the <laughs> amount of damage he would do to the young man. And I like chase Hooper. I'm a big fan of him, but man, I don't want to see those types of matchups. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'd be Benoit Saint manslaughter, is what it'd be.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for for him to fill out and fill up, um,
2: develop some striking skills. That's the thing. Boxing. I mean, go to like go to like Tiger Muay Thai. Develop something where you can really you know use that length to your advantage. You're
1: trying to get the young man killed in a camp. He's not going to make <laughs> it to the fight. If
2: he can make it out, get him he'll, he'll be a champion. If he can make it out, he'll be a champion. <laughs>
1: So you want though. to see him at Tiger Muay Thai.
2: Use those limbs. Use those elbows. Something. Why not? Do a camp out there.
1: I mean. Take some time off. I'd like I'd like to see him go to um to your right favor's gym, Team Alpha. Ooh. They'll I think that'd be a up. solid gym for him. I think they'd sharpen him up, and they also have a lot of people that are his weight class. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, Tiger Muay Thai has people like uh people like Piotr Jan and, and stuff like that, but Oh,
2: Andre I I, I, a few guys out there yeah Garbrandt, I, feel, I, fighting. I feel like,
1: that, that's what i'm saying like i feel like that'd be a solid place for him song you dong would be a solid training partner for him that wouldn't go overly hard with him that would know how to sharpen him up without hurting him mm-hmm. um and you know iron, iron does sharpen iron i feel like he'd be able to help them out with some of their jiu stuff he's got very very weird transitions and like i don't know i don't even know what to call it so Just long like, yeah yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, he-, he would teach them maybe things that they haven't already seen before. So, um,
2: well, I, I we'll think they a have shot a sharp at each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, we got we to shot for that guy. Oh, yeah, you bet on fucking Jordan. God damn it. Sorry, Bubba. Between you and me, we literally got every single one wrong, my guy. <laughs> because I, I got to stop doing these with you. This is just a mistake on my behalf. Cheers. <laughs> Fatality.
2: Sometimes that's the way the
1: cookie crumbles. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel like I've said this before and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but you really got to start following my lead more on this shit. <laughs> Holy fuck.
2: <laughs> you ain't wrong. Well, I um, think I did follow your lead on these ones, though, and I'm glad we did because great co-main man, and great main.
1: You didn't. I, I. You know what? You actually I don't know if you did follow my lead on this last one, but man, Thank goodness, gracious me! This is the final shot of the night because I bet on Jake Matthews here. Um,
2: Uh-oh. Uh oh!
1: Thank goodness, Michael, Michael Morales, uh, and and his partner here, Nano Jive Turkey, have to do a shot with me. Um, mm, of course, that's what we did. Michael Morales, the young kid. Goodness gracious me! He got it done, and um, he looked really good out there there were so many times where again i was yelling at the top of my lungs like mother <laughs> keep on <laughs> throwing um but I, I mean like you can only do so much right and jake was doing a lot i i love the kid i think he's a phenom i think he's a beast oh boy oh boy that being said uh he just simply was not able to do enough um in these exchanges and Michael Morales is he's a young kid right he's just 23 years of age that's young dude I I can I, I oh, excuse me I'd love to say I can't remember what I was doing when I was 23 but I can't I can remember exactly what I was doing um I was uh paying close attention to a woman who was way out of my league and then wooing her um for the next rest of my life <laughs> um so, you know what? Different, different stories for different people. But this guy, Michael Morales, I don't know if he's wooed somebody or not, but he's wooed the crowd on Saturday night, folks. And I can tell you this, that young man is somebody that I am going to be paying attention to probably for the rest of his career. He is 16 and oh, he is an absolute phenom. Oh, and by the way, out of his 16 wins, only four of them have needed a judges effing scorecard because he's gotten 11 KOs in one submission. Uh, the young man's an absolute beast. I will tell you, he's only had four UFC fights. He's got a 50% finish ratio in the UFC specifically, which again is pretty damn good. Um, that being said, he beat my guy, Jake Matthews, which sucks for me because um, I had Jake Matthews on the DraftKings and I uh, I also had Jake Matthews on the shot pour. So I'm gonna have to pour up a shot here uh, and that effing sucks. But it is what it is, folks. It is what it is. And uh, you know what we say here at the MMA Anomaly Show, no filter. <sighs> a bet made, a debt paid. So I'm going to pour that up. And while I pour that up, Nano, Hot Mike, what stood out to you the most about the, uh, the contest between these two folks that literally only had two takedown attempts across 15 minutes? That's what shocked me the most. And I think that the reason why
2: Jake Matthews maybe went away from that game plan because you got to think, hey, you don't want to sit there and trade off for 15 minutes with someone like this, someone that's this athletic, that that's this strong, that's this rangy, and that's looking to knock you out. I mean, 11 finishes, yeah. What are we talking about here? And, and I think it boils down to, and what impressed me the most was, in fact, Michael Morales' athleticism. I mean, his ability to and willingness to throw these these flying knees and, and just, I think just his presence in front of Jake made him deviate from the plan. Didn't want to like risk and hit by a knee. Didn't want to risk and hit by an uppercut. And I also think that Michael's pace and his just awkwardness and again, his, his feints and his explosiveness was just, it's a lot to deal with. Right. It's like sometimes even you're in front of someone like that in the octagon, I mean, I, almost i'm trying to like make an analogy what it's like i don't know being on the court with someone that has really good handles it's like being out there trying to chase someone that's just a little bit faster than you you just can't touch them being in the octagon with someone that you know has so many weapons and so many ways to hurt you you tend to be a little trigger shy right you're not as likely to take those risks and and jake matthews i mean he's Still a young guy. He's what, twenty eight years old, twenty nine years old. But he's a veteran in the UFC. He's been in there against the who's who's. He's been in there against some some heavy punchers. He's been in there against some some grapplers. He's been in there against some jujitsu guys. But something about Michael Morales, man, the way he mixes it up. I mean, he's huge at for his age. He looks big. He looks strong, and he's athletic. And again, he was able to mix him up just enough. And I think that's, again, he was able to just use his size and his speed to intimidate Jake Matthews and get him off his game. Sounds weird. That's probably the best way I could describe it. Because when you're watching the fight, you're thinking, okay, like, there's opportunities. But Jake just didn't want to take those risks. And and maybe he got hit with some shots early. Maybe he realized, okay, this guy can hit me hard. And, man, I mean, just... The kid's legit. I mean, maybe that's just, there's no other way. There's no other excuses, right? Someone like Jake Matthews that can do it all, that is proven to be able to be, stand toe-to-toe with the who's who. Michael Mouse was able to go in there and let him know, like, hey, I'm just one step ahead, right? We're not going to get in a Sluggers match here, but I'm clearly winning this fight. And, man, I mean, sky's the limit for this kid. I don't know if he's exactly ready. I mean, I shouldn't say I don't know if he's ready for the top 15, but I don't know if that's the best next step for his career. Maybe he does take that next stepping stone or that top 20 guy, someone that's knocking on the door. And then that will then catapult him into that conversation. But I mean, when you look at that list, I mean, everyone, it feels like to me is like a, a big name, like a, a household name in this welterweight division. It's stacked. I mean, Ian Machado Gary sitting there at 10, Jack Della Maddalena at 11, Kevin Holland at 12, Neil Magney, Michael Chiesa. Now, obviously, we talked about Renato Falk earlier. I mean, these are these guys are studs. Some of these guys are legends. I mean, as you get even higher, I mean, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's in there at 6. Gilbert Burns at 4. Colby's fighting soon against Leon for the title. I mean, this division is a murderer's row. But Michael Morales, man, this guy looks strong. He looks tough, and he's someone to be reckoned with. So, I think he's one fight away from cracking that top 15. What do you think, brother? <sighs>
1: I mean first of all we gotta we gotta give the flowers where they're due folks of course we're talking about fernano here uh that was a great breakdown man love that uh i thought that was that was all all on point stuff i think um if there is a name on the tip of my tongue (laughs) folks Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes, sizes, ages, and and, and designations. <sighs> it's your favorite guy who's willing to fight every up-and-comer he probably shouldn't fight. Neil Magny! <laughs> you, uh, you, know, you know what it's about. <laughs> you know, Neil Magny's never going to say no to an up-and-comer, even when he should. He's going to do it anyway. Um... And that's the story of Neil Magny. Unfortunately, it is what it is. So that being said, uh, did you pour yours up? Last one. Last one to do. Now, this is the one that he has to follow me into. I think we're like four in for this guy. Fucking nano. <laughs> Cheers, brother. We'll get him next time. I certainly hope so. It's a big card. So we're going to have a lot of bets. Um, oh, yeah be looking for my sanity like where are you um <laughs> that was awesomely timed did you I choked a little bit <laughs> oh yeah so good that sparkling water so came up that came back on me <laughs> <laughs> went down the wrong pipe like oh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so again we got to move into this main event of the evening folks you already know um we didn't have Bruce Buffer in the building, but we had the other guy asking Vegas if you are ready. Um, well, that's an interesting. How do you feel about that? I don't think I've ever asked you. Do you like it? It's growing on me a little if bit. You are ready. Uh, I love I it, dude. I'm not I don't lie. think
2: you could do it in the Apex. That's the only my only caveat with okay, him. Obviously so he has I to actually do it, like but... it
1: the most at the Apex. <laughs> Because you hear it come up my people, favorite when he does <laughs> You hear know, the five people in the Apex, like, oh, it's fucking a guy, dude. You that, woo
2: yeah. Let's
1: this beers.
2: Just going whoo. <laughs> hey, hey.
1: What's that?
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Grab a stick and twist it.
2: <laughs> Whoa.
1: Whoa, that's it.
2: Great reference. I don't, think, reference. You, I don't <laughs> think you
1: can do that, dude. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't um, think it's legal, bro. No joke. Uh, at at both or wait. Damn! I wish I knew if Drew was in the chat, um, so he could confirm this or not. But I know we've been to at least three events, um, and I know that for a fact. At two of the events, there was a grab his dick and twist it guy in the crowd. <laughs> that,
2: that that's gone on too far. I, I, I kid, I kid <laughs> you not.
0: I kid
1: you not. <laughs> There's always one. There's always one. It's a real, it's a real thing. It's so good. And like, it always, like, it always catches and Like someone else echoes it. It's always so good. And It'll they always they end up doing it at this, the perfect time. Like it's so silent. You can hear a pin drop. It's like, <laughs> it's um, I love it. I love it. So, uh, that being said, we're going to move into the main event of the evening. Um, MMA Anomaly Show, no filter fans, make some noise if you are ready. Uh, (laughs) that was (laughs) fucking good. That was
2: fucking good. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> you got that Clip down, it. brother.
0: Post it on Clip Twitter, it. baby.
2: Oh, I'm gonna do a side by side, brother. That was <laughs> you got the cadence down at a minimum. Oh, <laughs> hey. oh my god! Wow!
1: You go! are ready. Um. So that being said, we got the main event, folks. Brendan, all in, Allen, folks, versus Paul Craig. Which, if you don't say Paul Craig's name like that, folks. The only person you're doing a disservice to is you. Um, it's just a fact. And again, uh, if if you're a middleweight and you signed the dotted line to fight Brandon All-In Allen, the only person you're doing a disservice to is you. Because the man is an absolute stud. I've been calling this for some time. Folks, do you know where he's from? No, no, do you know where he's from?
2: Uh, you heard me louisiana
1: shut out. oh uh, Lego. bro I, i've been trying to tell you about them boys from the south you know what i'm saying we got that southern boy strength and uh he's got it in spades and on top of that he's trained with people like dustin poirier like i think it was like maybe three or four fights in they panned to dustin poirier in the crowd he's like Doing his little like, mm, like let's go little fucking flex and smile thing that he does, and Mayor's like, dude, what's Dustin doing there? Does he have a fight coming up, or like an announcement to make, or is he just there to like to, to support? And I was like, yeah, he's there, he's there for Brennan Allen. Um, I mean, shout out. They've trained together for years. They like they trained at Dustin Portier's gym in Louisiana. They've trained at American Top Team, like. People can say that this guy trains with Duke Rufus, but come on, he trains with real talent too. Sorry, Duke. But Dude, he's um, trained
2: with Chael Sonnen and those boys back in the day as well. This guy, Brandon Allen, man. He's a he's a guy. He's been around the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. I believe I heard Chael talking about it. Up there. Yeah, like all those dudes. Oh, man, I forget the camp that he was talking about, but there's some other uh Kill name. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. OGs. Kill Kill MMA
1: is uh one of the old names that uh Whatchamacallit, call it Henry Hooft used to uh used to have I believe um but I mean this guy's this guy's trained with a lot of people he's trained with Duke Rufus he's trained with like uh, ATT he's trained in a lot of places but again I I believe he's fighting out of Florida and um he lives in Louisiana or is from Louisiana dude's an absolute beast I think he's from Covington Louisiana which Definitely, definitely have had a lot of stories in Covington. Um <laughs> But that's for another podcast. So um, we'll talk about the fight here, which was between who was supposed to be a submission stud and Paul Craig coming in against the, the boy from the south and Brendan Allen. And um, you know, redneck grappling seemed to prevail because Paul Craig went 0 for 2 in takedowns while Brendan all in Allen he was all in on them takedowns, folks. That's when uh Two for two on takedowns. You heard me? And uh, here's the thing. 64 strikes thrown. 52 landed. That's over an 81% clip, folks. That, again, is significant. And um, he held his opponent to 21 strikes thrown, 13 landed. So, again, he outlanded his opponent almost 5 to 1 pretty damn savage and when it comes to significant strikes 32 to 6 um again very savage now i want to talk about one specific exchange that happened right um Brandon allen if i and i could be wrong about this because I, I did not go back and re-watch these fights i did only watch them once uh usually i like to watch the fights twice at least before we have these podcasts sometimes three times but again i digress i will probably go back and watch it uh, on thanksgiving so um, Brennan, all in Allen, if I'm not mistaken, he was going for a guillotine. Um, and his opponent ended up grabbing a leg somehow. Right. And, uh, here's the thing. He started getting the leg. Once he went for the heel hook, Brendan Allen snuck around the back, went for, a, I believe a, um, a calf slicer to force. Or no, no, no. Sorry. That's what it was. that was That's what it was. Paul Krieg was going for a calf slicer. Brendan Allen disengaged what he was doing to then go for a heel hook. And when I say heel hook, I mean he was just trying to just twist the bone off the fucking flesh. It was disgusting in the best MMA way. And it forced Paul Krieg to let go. And ultimately, it, it made holes for Brendan Allen to escape, get to a better position or a more favorable position... And the man known as all in got it done via rear naked choke submission. And just honestly, 38 seconds into round three, it was beautifully done. Um, made it look surgical once they got into that third round. But the way he survived in the second round and the way that he put it on him in the first round, those were my two biggest takeaways from this fight. Nano, what were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, brother. I appreciate that breakdown. I mean, my couple cents. I mean, Brandon Allen, what a freaking dog. I, I was nervous about Paul Craig going in there, not only because of his grappling pedigree and his jiu I mean, exceptional ground game there, uh, but he's also coming from the light heavyweight division. So I thought this guy's a big, he's strong. He did not, he stared him down. He did not want to uh, touch gloves with him before. And maybe that came back to Biden because Brendan Allen, maybe that was just that little extra edge that he needed. Cause Brendan, like all those guys from the South, man, you know, brother, they, they're, they're cut a little different, man. They, they're able to dig a little deeper. They take things personal and they don't forget shit, man. They, 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 hey, oh, you give them a freaking chip on their shoulder and they'll run with that. They, they don't need any more excuses, but if you give them a reason, Lord knows they're going to run with it and they're going to go ahead and make you feel stupid about it. Uh, but again, I mean, from a, Just uh, like high level. I mean, he was just beating him everywhere it went. I mean, obviously on the feet, he looked way better. And one thing I liked about his striking the most was he was ripping the body. He was taking his wheels out of him. And then he was throwing him around and getting on top of him. There were some scrambles. There were some leg locks, some heel hooks. There was some reversals. There was some scrambling, which is to be expected. But... Brandon never felt like he was not in the proper position. Like Paul Craig was doing the best he could, but it it was him trying to fight for air. And it was Brandon Allen's game. It was his match to lose. And again, his ability to throw strikes from a variety of positions to be able to inflict damage. And one of the things that stuck out to me in the commentary was it's one thing to get to the ground and maybe feel like you need to advance positions or get to the full mount, or be super aggressive on um, the ground and pound, but not always. Right. I mean, you got to know your opponent and at the end of the day, you got to fight smart and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, he's still found a finish. So boring or not, or I like to think of it as just not overextending yourself and, and, and sticking in a position that it's like playing chess, right? I mean, yeah, you can move your queen across the entire board. Yeah. You can do these fancy moves, Sometimes you need to just move the pawn one move and let and and wait for your opponent to to make a mistake. And I think that was what was going on there a little bit. I, I appreciated the commentator group mentioning that. Hey, it's not just about advancing or moving or just throwing punches or you know um, hitting the thigh to look like you're doing something. It's like no, that's it's wasted movement. He's in there with another high level grappler, not something to mess with. Get the victory. He found the finish and. I mean, what a phenomenal outing. I mean, he's he's ready. Like in my head, this guy's been doing it for a long time. Brendan has a lot of fights under his belt. He's called out a a Martin Vittori. He's he's called out a Jared Cannonier. And now those are the guys that's in the conversation. I know he's sitting there at eight. And if you're there, the top five, maybe you don't want to give this guy a favor. Right. But man, would I love to see Brendan Allen get that chance, man. I know there's a lot of contenders here. It's a it, This division has a lot going on, especially with Sean Strickland and Brinkus Duplessis fighting soon. What's going to happen after that? Who's going to be that number one title contender fight? Um, that number one contender fight for the title. Let me rephrase. Uh, and Brendan called out for it. And hey, I mean, why not put his name in the ring there? There are only a few other people, and it might be Jared. It might be Martin or Marvin. Excuse me, Martin. The. Um, do you have a pick though? Do you have a a horse in this race or anything you want to see next for Brendan all in Alan?
1: I'm going to be completely honest with you. I actually do. I do have a horse in this race. I do have a name at the tip of my tongue. Um, again, before I get into that, I got to give a round of applause to you. I feel like that was a great breakdown and I do it really like, um, the the names that you have um granted i feel like you're leaning and correct me if i'm wrong here you're more so leaning into the names that he called out correct
2: i believe so yeah
1: i mean he, he called
2: them out it makes sense right i mean obviously he's he's looking at guys that are at the top there and when i broke it down a little bit more i thought man both these guys need a dance partner uh, both of these guys and the ufc are looking mm-hmm. for a number one contender fight especially with Rob coming off a loss, although he always deserves that. Maybe you switch it up a little bit unless unless Rob answers that call. I mean, those are two guys that I'd love to see get back in there for a definitive number one contender. What do you think, brother? brother?
1: I mean, again, um, yeah, I, I'm not mad at those. I do like the fact that you're going with who he called out. I'm not mad at that by any means at all. Um but I do have a little bit of a different name on the tip of my tongue.
2: Ooh, okay, okay. Not gonna grant him his wish here. What are you thinking?
1: I'm not, I'm not gonna grant him his wish here. I'm gonna change the game a little bit here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna call out a little, uh, a little bit of a wild card, a little bit of a wild, wild west match up here. I'm gonna draw a line in the sand maybe. gonna call out robert whitaker the reaper himself oh that is a true number one thing that makes sense is a number one contender title shot to get that rematch against sean strickland and i think the only thing that makes sense in this case is that match against robert whitaker the reaper um what do you think about that matchup
2: dude i love that i love that rob has beat jared rob has beat marvin rob has beat just about everybody and anybody except israel adesanya and we just had a powerful performance over rob back in uh when was this july of 2023 that's a great one i think that would be a true number one contender fight my thoughts is just is, is rob is that what rob wants i think that's my only question is this what rob wants is he ready to get back in there put that loss behind him or i don't know man is he coasting off in the sunset where is his head at where is his motivation that's that's my only concerns with rob i don't know where he's at is he ready to climb out Everest again
1: i would assume the answer is gonna be no um if i'm being completely honest here uh that being said folks that's it for the fight card but we did say this is a Thanksgiving uh, not not normally a Thanksgiving episode but is you know the last episode before uh, the giving of thanks you know what I'm saying here so we would be crazy if we didn't talk about some of the fights from 2023 that we are most thankful for so that being said I am going to go ahead and jump into this I'll take the lead I'll let you start off with your favorite MMA fight I'm not going to steal that thunder from you with mine but I would be remiss if I didn't give honorable mention before we even kick off the, our favorite MMA fights or fights rather we're most thankful for in 2023. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention honorably this boxing match between Devin Haney and Vasiliy Lomachenko. Um, what an absolute barn burner of a match. Have, Devin Haney ended up getting the win via a unanimous decision personally i thought it could have gone either way very very close to contested match i mean one man is 11 years older than the opposition just an absolute inspiration to the old dogs for folks like me when it comes to going against young folks like nano bless you my friend bless you bless you bless you um that being said nano we're probably going to have to have the voters or the voters the viewers vote and become voters um, to see whether or not we should make the trip to Thailand at some point and hit that bar. I feel like sparring at that Thailand bar, just one good time would make for a really, really good uh, content. We can make a lot of shorts from. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would yeah. also be a uh, really fun drunken time.
2: That'd be a phenomenal time. I don't. All we need is one like. One like, ladies and gentlemen, and we are out to Thailand. So that's the quota. But, um, <laughs> we just need one. <laughs> don't don't tell me a good time. Come on. Um
1: we will we will do this after the weddings and uh man, yeah, we'll do it. Of course, just of course. Call us Mario because we'll be jumping on a plane. Duh. Um This is gonna happen, baby. Uh I, I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I think it'd be a great time. We'll do like a drop in class at a at a Muay Thai gym the day before and then we'll hit that bar the, Absolutely. Either the night of or the next night dude I'm telling you right now banger um, that's that's going to be the best fight of 2024 I'm telling you um, so again that being said Nano let's hear brother My hot mic tagging you in you're up you're up let's hear the air horns let's hear the fucking Bruce. ladies
0: <laughs> gentlemen we are live
1: and we're ringing the bell. It's time.
2: There are a lot of great fights this year, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of great fights in 2023. But I'm going to take the easy. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. I'm take the easy way out here. I'm going to take what will go down historically in the 30 years of the UFC is. I mean, maybe a top five. Maybe top. I mean, top ten for sure in terms of narrative. Because we're talking about at the time. Number one versus number two, pound for pound fighters in the UFC. I'm sorry, brother. I see you kicking and screaming. I know I took your fight. This is the obvious one, though. Am I right? Maybe we just need to give thanks to the, and and be thankful for the obviously the best legendary fight, and that is Islam Makhachev versus Charles uh, <laughs> versus Alexander Volkanovski. I almost dropped the Charles Oliveira in there. Oh my god. <laughs> backtrack a little bit here. Islam versus Alex won. Not this last fight, ladies and gentlemen. Not number two. one earlier this year. 25 minutes of just high level MMA. I want to hear your break. obviously, you have more to say about this one, brother, because this is yours as well. But in my opinion, I mean, this is a legendary fight. This is one that I'll turn on the tape and show the kids. That'll i probably be Scott McMahon in like nine to ten years. Tell them can't talk about that because that's how emotional that's how invested i am in and i wish i
1: had the music from that <laughs> meme queued up we need to talk about these before
2: <laughs> we, will, we will we'll add we'll add that one you surprised me you've been on it all day brother huge shout out very thankful for your uh your drops <laughs> but uh i mean how, how is that not the best fight of this year how's that not the best fight of the 2020s how is that just one of the best fights we've ever seen? I mean, two of the best going at it. And it was down to last minute. And the guy that we thought was losing almost won. Or did he win? Who knows? We still don't know. That's like the That's like the Michael Jordan-Kobe debate. I mean, it's like there's never an answer. We just will never know. I mean, we know Islam obviously won, and then he validated it. But what are your thoughts on that fight overall, man?
1: Man, I, um, I'm going to be honest. Can can we just rewind to the moment where you, you stole my, my favorite fight of the year? You know what I'm saying? Um,
2: you would have went first then, huh? If you'd have known,
1: (laughs) man, what I have, (laughs) you're definitely not wrong. I definitely would have went first. Um, so man that, that that was easily my number one fight the way that islam akhachev was able to set up that kick he threw i think like three to four uh leg kicks and, and like two to three body kicks he just kept setting it up tap, tap 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 making making his opponent block lower and lower and lower and then clap and and mind you Alexander volkanovsky he was number one pound for pound for a gosh darn reason okay his guard was low and he's like oh no It's coming high and he started to raise his guard and Islam's like, that's okay. I'm going to adjust and just lift my kick about an inch higher clip, hit him right on the top of the noggin, knocked him the hell out. And that's murder. She wrote folks. And that's what made it so brilliant. Not that it was such a brilliant knockout, not that it was so beautiful to witness as a knockout, but the fact that he set it up so magnificently. Um, Now, if we're talking about other fights that really had me on the edge of my seat, if I'm being honest, most of the easy picks are going to be title fights. Am I right, Nano? Is that fair to say?
2: That is fair, because there were some big title fights. Obviously, Izzy and Alex twice. I mean, come on, there's some big ones, but
1: Izzy I think I know Sean, where you're going. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know where I'm going. I think you have no fucking idea where I'm going if I'm being I think I know where honest. I'm going. And,
2: and I hope it's not the same direction you're going. Tell me. Lay it yeah, there's on no me.
1: chance. There's no chance. If we're going the same direction bro it's it's just a hive mind effect and i as much as i would love that i just think there's not a goddamn chance in hell um i'm gonna go with just a, a crazy crazy off the wall one here and say jeff Neal, the real deal coming in against shavkat Rachmanov. uh was that the one you were going with no chance stop <laughs> i have the highlights pulled
2: up i swear bro are you fucking, are you kidding me? I swear. Was you UFC have got to be kidding me. There's literally bro. no
1: chance. Dude, we There's didn't even talk choices. about it.
2: the obvious choices, though, it feels like. no. I love you so much
1: <laughs> right now. I feel like a proud, this is a proud father moment. Are you kidding me? I love it. That's incredible. It. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My gosh. This is the I mean, epic bro. turkey moment of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Hey.
2: <laughs> Dude, don't, I, I, don't I honestly like I'm at a loss of words. No, honestly, I, I, gen- mean, I genuinely can't believe. And I was going to lead off with like in terms like <laughs> we t- We just cover the best like technical fight, but if we're just talking about the best brawl, like the best like viewers brawl. And as soon as you said at, like on the edge of our seat, I remember jumping up, and I was in the living room at uh, my boy Victor's house, where I was just at with my other boy Felipe, who trains. And we're there, we're watching it, and we jump up. I mean, Jeff Neal rocked in Shavka. Rock rocking Jeff Neal. I mean, it was it was like that, uh, what's that game? Um, As Kenny Florian would say, robots? it's Rock'em
1: Sock'em Robots!
2: <laughs> yes, Rock'em Sock'em Robots! <laughs> That's, I was Aniforian literally moment. queuing up the Kenny Aniforian Florian quote <laughs> before you even said the little, what's that game? <laughs> it, that was perfect. We, we just had our Annie Florian moment. Let's go. <laughs> Of sock and robots. It's sock so exactly so and it Robots. <laughs> what a great! I can't believe that, dude. And that was Duffy, right? That he was saying. Speaking of Duffy, yep. dude, Duffy, BKFC. Good God, with hair. Looking like John Cena, all looking of a like sudden, Tarzan.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay,
1: I mean Tarzan, that's John Cena. Do. I'll take it either way. I mean, I mean, he looked like he's ready to find train, dude.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely, he definitely know. he Tarzan's a better one. Uh a better one. Uh, <laughs> But I can't believe he's back. Either, Either way, he was he...
1: cracking coconuts, brother.
2: Either way, he going not get his face smashed. That is crazy. We should break that one down soon, huh? BKFC, that's coming up.
1: I'm I'm down, dude. I'm down. I'm down for BKFC. I'm down.
2: Well, I'm times down. on our hands. Um, but hey, we're both very thankful for dude. the same fights as year. That's hilarious. Shuffcat, Rock <laughs>
1: went up. That's fucking hilarious. I'm like, all right, there's maybe. I literally, when I wrote down my notes today, I kid you not, I was like, okay, there's maybe a chance daddy picks my number one fight but i was like all right my number two is like unique it's it's mma anomaly like it's mma but it's an anomaly it's outside of the norm it wouldn't be everyone else is different and i'm like bro how the actual fuck (laughs) i'm genuinely shocked bro but like for me same thing like i was watching that fight and i remember being genuinely like Concerned for Shavkat, A, because like you said, Jeff Neal was throwing bombs. Dude was throwing lead, haymakers, like he was, dude, lead, Uh, lead in the hands, venom in the shots. He was trying to hurt his opponent with almost every single shot, right? So his opponent though, looked like an absolute banger. Shavkat Rachmanov, you know who we're talking about, 17 and 0, Mr. fucking banger finisher himself. By the way, 100% finish rate and what? i'm not talking in the ufc i'm talking in mma <laughs> Chefkar rakhmanov has never fought professionally and not finished the fight oh by the way he's never fought professionally and not won the fight, eight KOs or TKOs, nine submissions, zero decisions, he is the epitome of Dana White's favorite style of fighter, and that is a finisher, that is an exciting fighter, and what the fuck did he do when he went in there against a game opponent who was not willing to take no for an answer, who was not willing to go to sleep, who was not willing to get put away by strikes, he couldn't even take him down, folks, he went 0 for 4 on fucking takedowns. For the first time in his professional career, he found someone he could not get to the mat. What does he do? He keeps him standing and he still fucking submits him. He choked him out standing the F up with less than 30 seconds to go in the fight. Sorry, less than 40 seconds to go in the fight. Come on. Folks, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Bombers. sorry I don't want to quote I don't want to I don't want to state misfacts. it was 43 seconds left in the damn fight but still <laughs> any come big on. Brother
2: choked him. it's like the Shavka choke I know what you call that the, uh, the big brother choke nasty here. dude it was nasty nasty it was Nothing absolutely pure violence. nasty do you have a third one in mind pure that violence. sticks out I feel like now that we have two of the same maybe we need to try to get to a point where we finally divert a little bit is there any other ones that come to mind <sighs> okay.
1: I, I did. I did have a third one on on the tip of my tongue. Um, it's it it's I think more for shock value than absolute like fight banger value. Um, and this one is more of an obvious one, so I I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be less surprised if you had this one on your list than I am that you have the second one and the first one on there. Um, and that's Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya.
2: Not mine, but what a that yeah big shocker. Huge shocker.
1: I, I think it's also because I got to enjoy it with Drew and I got to watch it with, um, you know, uh, the Black Blackhado. I got to watch it with Authentic Z. Like I got to watch it with a lot of the homies from out in the area. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I love that. It, it was nice. It was nice. We got to enjoy it for old time's sakes at Buffalo Wild Wings. I asked them if I could uh, get the poster from the event. As we were walking out, and they were like, "Yeah, we're just going to throw it in the trash can." So they gave me uh, two of them, and I gave one to Drew. Sick! They're going to throw away what the heck, dude? I have I. So fun fact: I was going through my posters, laying them out how I want to uh, organize them in the background for the future, and uh-huh. um, I realized I have gotten three of them. Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman, one.
2: Oh, sick! Sick.
1: First time Anderson Silva lost like that ever. Um, GSP versus Johnny Hendricks
2: that's fire that's
1: straight fire and Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. so basically oh. every time I go to a Buffalo Wild Wings there is an upset like a significant upset
2: Wow yeah
1: isn't that insane like that those that are the three wild.
2: that is wild jeez I mean that's so like cool Ronda
1: Rousey versus Misha Tate one in the UFC is on the jeez. undercard poster like, as the co-main event for the Anderson Silva one. So sick. That is fucking baller. That is baller. Yeah. I'm going to hang all those up behind me in the background at some point. I am I just need to get frames for those. Ah, damn, I'm going to
2: have to get one now, too, man. Because um, the only one, well, the only UFC event I went to was with Amy, and that was UFC 269. And that was uh, Oliveira versus Dustin, unfortunately. I'm you know, not ideal. oh no! I know. You're going chosen it has, one, Anakin. You were chosen, and 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 uh, Amanda got upset by Juliana Pena that night. Seeing Eesh. that in person was wild. You don't want to talk about hearing? And and like you were there like in
1: person, in person.
2: Yes, we were in Vegas. That was like our, my Amy's that. birthday gift uh, a couple years ago. I hate Dude, that fire. Sugar Sean was on that card. Taituivas was on that card.
1: I'm so happy fire. you told me that, bro. Because like me and you still have yet to go to a live event together, and I will never. Invite you to a Dustin Poirier event now. Um,
2: <laughs> I'm bad luck. I'm bad luck. Honestly, if if that means he wins, then I will. I will happily. <laughs> I will happily opt
1: out. I feel like the laugh soundbite is like your favorite one. I, it's, it's me. <laughs> that's, that's my life. <laughs> I do always get
2: over It's pretty good. <laughs> it's done. Um,
1: so what was your third? What was your third pick? Let's hear it.
2: Um, well, I was gonna say honestly, it was I was gonna say both Alexa Grasso performances, just thankful for Alexa Grasso, I think was the ultimate sentiment. I mean, the fact that she beat and upset Valentino the first time and then she came back around, and was able to do it again, even though it was close. I mean, a lot of controversy, but the reality is, I'm thankful that we have at least one Mexican champion still remaining. At one point, there were no, it's three. It's crazy
1: that both happened in 2023. That's what's crazy,
2: man. Big year, I know, man. Yeah. And what's even wilder with the first time that she upset uh, Valentina. That fight, that card. I mean, you know, sometimes we do our DraftKings betting. I I bet all the favorites, and I hit on eight of the ten. That was the ninth leg. Next was John Jones, and I was gonna. I was Gonna take it home, it was gonna be like a one dollar bet for like 10,000, whatever it was, maxed out, and it um, yeah, didn't win it because Mount uh, Alexa, my uh Mexican sister, decided uh, no, no uh, fortunes for you. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and take that away, so I'll never forget that for that reason. But also, one Mexican champ still survived, defended it twice, and just a great year for her. Thank great year for her. Thankful that. She was able to retain her title and, um, you yeah, know, still has some bragging rights.
1: I'm pretty sure you'll remember this. Um, I have to share this because it's a relatable uh, instance. I know you'll remember this uh, because we definitely talked about it. And um, yeah, we talked about this. Oh, yeah. The closest I've ever come to hitting very, very big was a, um, I think it was a $10 bet to win 22000 000- Five hundred dollars, and uh, we ended up uh, betting it twice, so it was twenty to win uh, forty-five thousand. Oh. And uh, we hit six out of seven picks. And uh, listeners, do you want to know what the seventh pick was? It was Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez, which I just found out that fucking this guy was at. <laughs> oh um, no! So I saw that <laughs> dissipate in real time. Um, oh no! It was a sad night. Oh, no. That's the I'm one so
2: sorry.
0: Hit.
2: Yeah. I, well, um, again, I mean, you were probably just like half the crowd. And I'm I'm sure there were a lot of yous in that crowd because it was – I mean, I've never felt a crowd just like a stadium just like just go silent. I mean, flat. Like there was so much buzz, all these knockouts, all this fun stuff. And then it was like, oh, oh, it got silent. And then it was like one, two. And then you could like hear. Then you could like almost hear the corners. And we we're up there. It's not like we we're in the – VIP section there I mean it was flat and boy that was yeah. yeah I'm gonna need to get that one I'll probably get that one on this wall right here somewhere I,
1: I want to say that it was uh, if, I, if I remember correctly it was like um, fuck who was it tied to Ivasa Dominic mm-hmm. Cruz Josh Emmett uh, Garbrandt was on is, that is, one is, too is Cody Garbrandt was about. on there and he got beat by a yeah. Carr France Cody Garbrandt yep. was on there and I, I bet on Kai Carr France against him Good one, good one. Um that was the I think that was the one time I've ever or no the, the one of two times I've ever bet on Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. I bet on Jeff Neal over Santiago Ponzanibio. Nice. And I bet on Juliana or sorry, I bet on Amanda Nunez and I stayed away from the Dustin Poirier fight. Uh. Um and then Juliana Pena blew it. And um <sighs> You know, it was That's only crazy. twenty bucks. Uh but you know, it's also to only forty five thousand. I
2: know to be that to be that close. If you feel it, If you feel a little bit. Oh man, that dagger in the heart for sure. Oh man, that's why we love this sport, Mother. right? And, and yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Not jaded at all. We still love it. We still come back for more. We still get back. Up, we are still
1: we? ripping and roaring and ready for uh, what two weeks from now?
2: Absolutely, man. That I won't come soon Speaking enough, man. Weeks
1: it'll oh, yeah. definitely sneak up on us before we know it that's gonna be a banger of a card i literally just mentioned uh misha tate versus ronda rousey speak of the devil because she's fighting in two weeks against julia avila on the undercard Let's and, go. Uh, this is another one that's got a lot of sleepers on it we um if i'm being completely honest here we do have is as, as much as in this case specifically i really hate to admit it we do have a little bit of breaking news here guys Hooker is out of his November 2nd fight against Bobby Green. He has pulled out today. December um, 2nd. Undisclosed no reasons. Yep, Just in two weeks. He just pulled out right now. I'm assuming they're probably going to move the uh, a co-main event, event between Rob Font and Davidson okay. um into the co-main oh. event slot. Uh, but I do think they'll probably try and find a backup fight for Bobby Green. I think in my humble opinion... It's a name that I mentioned earlier in this podcast as someone that shouldn't fight someone else. Uh I think uh Hinato Money Moikano should step up and fight Bobby King Green on short notice if he really wants money, like he says, if he's about that money, do it, man. Fight Bobby Green for the co-main event here at UFC Fight Night. Darius versus Sarukian Nano. What's your most exciting fight on this upcoming card?
2: Man, this is a this is a good one coming up here. I mean, I was I mean that Dan Hooker, Bobby Green, sounds fire, but yeah, like I mean, hey, Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum, I think that has fireworks written all freaking over it, bro. <laughs> Kelvin looked fire in his last fight being Chris Curtis. Sean Brady is an absolute dog. And I know he's coming out looking for revenge, man. Sean Brady, 15-1, coming off that loss. You know he wants to come back and avenge that. So against Bilal, that is. So I mean that's that's a, I mean, that's no slump. But boy that's one that I've definitely circled and I can't wait to break down with you, brother. Um, after this holiday, but man, Dan hookers out, Bobby greens already, you know, going to the, the X and saying, Hey, who else is gangster? Who else is going to step up and, 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 uh, take on this challenge. I'd be curious, man. I don't know. I guess, uh, RDA threw his hat in the ring there. That'd be fun. RDA always throws his hat in the ring. That's what he does. Jared Gorin demands a, a rematch. You throw Jared Gordon back in there. I'm not mad there. at that
1: either. Jerry Gordon that's the against move. Bobby Green. I'm happy with that. That's the move, dude. That could he said definitely run it be a move. I wasn't even thinking about that one. Run it back. I run mean, it, dude, he looked up, good. Up. He
2: he didn't get hurt. There's and the, and oh, as long as he doesn't admit to having a concussion prior to going into the event, let's uh, <laughs> let's make sure you know you're actually healthy. I mean, not to oh, yeah, you know oh, yeah. not to make light of it, but it's like, hey, if he's healthy, which again, he just he's coming off a knockout. He was just in shape. Even if you have to do it out of catch rate, whatever, who cares? Just make it happen. Be gangsta about it. I like that. Terrence McKinney threw his name in the ring, too. Hmm. T-Rex, huh? I mean, whoever's willing to sign the dotted line, right? I mean, I'm curious to know who who Dana White and and, uh, Brass are calling, but Jared Goran feels like the obvious one, doesn't it? If he's healthy, why not? Throw him back in there.
1: Oh, absolutely. That feels like the obvious one. I mean moving, moving into the next fight real quick before we call it quits on this talk here about next week, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and go over the whole cut here. Um, If we're talking about fights that I know are going to be exciting and fights that I already know my bet in the future preference on, it's going to be the under 2.5, and it's going to be the uh, the fight as a whole being exciting. And Punahale, story time, Soriano, because you know he puts folks to sleep, coming in against Dustin Stoltzfus, who actually has a knockout win over one of my former coaches that I loved. Um, and Dwight Grant, or sorry, he actually has a unanimous decision win over him. My apologies. But that being said, between these guys, they have over 30 fights, okay? Over 30 fights. And between the two of them, less than five of them have gone to decision. These guys are both finishers. They both like to wear it all out there and leave it all out there on the octagon and on the canvas. Uh, that being said, the under 2.5, probably a pretty safe bet. So I like that. Uh, I think time's going to be on our side. I think the knockouts are going to be on our side. And I think uh, if you want to win some money, probably put a couple of soft units on that. Um, maybe a couple hard units. I don't know on that uh, uh, on the under on that fight maybe parlay it with something else that you're very confident in we'll give you some confident picks on that one too um i personally think the main event which obviously it's the main event for a reason armand sarukian versus benil dariush aka benny from the block um aka one of very few assyrian fighters in the in the ufc shout out to the man shout out (laughs) um I think he's possibly going to be a very big problem for Armand Sarukian. However, Armand Sarukian is definitely the younger fighter, 27 years of age. He's an absolute stud. And even though he is two inches shorter, he's got literally a 1.5-inch reach advantage. Or a half-inch, sorry, a half-inch reach advantage. Um, So he's multiple inches shorter, has a slight reach advantage. And it's grappler versus grappler, which typically means it turns into a striking matchup. Mm -hmm. The big thing for me is uh, our guy here, Benny from the block. He's always got the nuclear option. It's terrifying how powerful he is.
2: Yeah. No, he's a scary individual and Armand he's, he has his uh, work cut out for him. This is a huge fight in his career at 27 years old. Obviously we'll break it down more like stylistically, fundamentally speaking, but this is going to be, this is big. And I mean, Benny from the block is no chip off the old block. I mean, that guy coming off a loss from Charles, you know, he's hungry. You know, he has that. Why, you know, he's motivated. These are going to be two dogs getting after it. So there's gonna be a lot of blood. I know that much. Can't wait to break it down with you, brother. And again, I mean, I just want to quickly reiterate. I mean, thankful for the UFC. Thankful for YouTube. Thankful for the MMA anomaly show. Thankful for Olin. Thank you for thankful for you, brother. I mean, allowing me to be a part of this, man. I mean, can't believe how fast time flies, but it feels like yesterday we were taking those BART rides and talking about training, talking about our fighters at the time, You showing me pictures of DC and Islam and the boys, um, it could be and the crew. But again, thankful for you, man. Thankful for our friendship. Thankful for the platform. Thankful for Mad Max. Thankful for um, JJ Smoke. Thankful for uh miss mary thankful for amy thankful for everybody that's part of the community drew eric uh Blacado. um i feel like I, I know i'm missing some names i'm sure you'll pick me up here but just thankful for everybody and you know sticking with us and and you know bringing nothing but good memories bringing a smile to my face and allowing us to uh you know share the time with you so much love man let's go we we need to have this thankfulness happen more often but hey once a year gotta get out the formal thank yous and uh much love brother
0: i
1: i couldn't have said that better myself let's give it up for the turkey folks um absolutely love that guy it's my holiday i I honestly like you're thanking me for for including you in this like i'm thanking you for being willing to be included in this uh Having a co-host makes it extremely fun. Like whether you know you're as knowledgeable in the grappling or, or whatever strikes are going on as I am or not, like that doesn't matter so much as the enthusiasm, and that's something that you always bring to the table every single time. Um, speaking on Thanksgiving, and yeah, there there may have been some people that we forgot here. Um, looking at you, Authentic Z. Looking at you, Kansas City party boy. You already know what's up. Um, looking at all you guys, and looking at the other what. 1,020 people that we didn't name that just watch and lurk and don't comment on the videos and and don't participate in the live chat, but at the same time, still tune in after the fact of the live stream, till tune in sometimes during the live stream, either way, whether you're lurking, whether you're, you're participating in the live chat, we appreciate you. We love you all being a part of this show, being a part of this channel, being a part of this podcast. And most importantly, being a part of our lives and being a part of our growth as as hosts and as fans of mixed martial arts. Um, one of the things I say typically at the end of almost every show is keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive. Uh, and, you know, I, I love saying that, but something that I've been saying for years on Twitter and and I think on Instagram, whenever I leave comments on people as well, and I think I'm going to start saying it on the show is, is something that I absolutely love and, and something that I strive to do myself every day and i hope that my co-host does the same exact thing i know he does and that's keep on going and keep on growing folks um and that's something that we here at the mma anomaly show no filter we're gonna keep on doing we're gonna keep on keeping on that's something you can always bank on and this is probably one of the longest episodes we've done especially just us two um i think not including the trilogy episode where we had like five of us in here um so again that being said we appreciate every single one of you for sticking it through for being here whether it's in the live show the post show whatever show you show up for we appreciate you for showing up and um we appreciate the support so again thanks for being here thanks for being fans and um until next week's episode where we go over the big ufc card that we got coming up and darius versus sarukian keep on going Keep on growing.
0: You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.